Welcome to Mayor Fitness, the official podcast of Great Lakes Stainless, episode 39. This is Paul, Mike, and Travis, and on this episode, we had Josh Stoltz from Grow Benzi. And Grow Benzi is uh, a community center that uh, actually has a lot of different aspects to it. Uh, they allow farmers, new farmers, to kind of get a foothold in the business. They have space that can be leased in a hoop house. They have a commercial kitchen. Uh, they do, um, what was it, clothing I don't want to say it. Repurposing, I mm -hmm. guess. That's upcycling. Upcycling. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't want to say recycling. It's first time I've ever used that word. Upcycling. Yep. First time. Yep. First time I've ever used it. Okay. Um, so they have a lot of different stuff there, and basically it's a community center to help uh, people get started in a bunch of different things. They have uh, um, they have a maker space. Uh, what do you say? They also raise bees. I don't know if they raise. Yeah, they raise bees. Yeah, they work with. Yeah, yeah making honey. With, They're also yeah. looking for a. Uh, Dedicated and qualified food truck operator. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, food truck. Josh mentions that, and um, we are. We talked about right at the end. We talked about having Josh back. Uh, it sounds like he has lived two or three lives. He's lived, man. man. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we want to have him back. Hear some stories about all of his exploits and travels. Uh, and it was really, really cool. Um, and we also talked about um, you know taking advantage of uh, Grow Benzie's resources in the future. I know. We, I've talked about wanting to do cheese and, and other stuff with the farm, and so it really, I mean, for me personally, it was really a good, uh, really informative, and a really good opportunity to learn more about what they do, and they're actually not that far. They're just up, uh, just up 669, I think. Mike, can you look that up real quick? So we'll give them an address. We'll give the listeners an address. Growbenzie.org uh, is where they are on the web, and you can find them on all your social media. I think you said Twitter, not so much, but yeah. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Um, and so you can uh, donate. Uh, you can get a membership. He said as low as a dollar just to get your foot in and learn about what they do, get some information. It's a good-looking website, I too. Think, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. I think he said... 5885 Frankfurt Highway. Benzoli Frankfurt Michigan. Highway. Okay. There you go. Yeah, so... Nice local organization working with uh, a lot of other nonprofits in the area. The food truck was in tandem with Goodwill, and he mentioned a lot of the other organizations they work with. And I was surprised of the, um, you know, he went to the UK and he went to Russia, and it's all tied into oh, learning how food uh, systems work. Yeah, nice winter review of the uh, Grill Benzie thing on yeah. Google. Uh, well, that's on 31. That? I know where that Street is. View? I guess it's called Frankfurt Highway at that point. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So no, I know where that is. It's fifty-eight eighty-five. Fifty-eight eighty-five Frankfurt Frankfurt Highway. Frankfurt Highway in Benzonia. So, yeah, go on the website, check them out. If it's something you're interested in, uh, get involved. Uh, get a membership or donate. Or just they. He said they have a bunch of events. They have potlucks every week in the winter. Mm -hmm. Just get out there and check it out. And for those of you who are interested in this kind of thing. Uh, Despite the content of the episode, you might need one more reminder. They don't actually sell weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. They don't sell Grow weed. Grow they're not. Yeah. They don't sell weed. No. Yeah. No, they don't. A lot of other stuff, but not that. Honestly, I'd ask Paul what they did because I'm like, is that a weed organization? Because, oh, yeah. I mean, it does it with, with, well, with, with the recent uptick yeah. in, you know, obviously, legalization. Three months Grow. after it's legalized, somebody writes, they're, they're, they're crusading. They're crusading for the legalization. I personally only the jump on the The crusade is over. Yeah. 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 They won. Yeah. It's legal. The worst bandwagon fans ever. Yeah. <laughs> Three months after the Super Bowl, I'm buying yeah. Pat's jerseys. <laughs> Tom Brady's a god. Uh, Tom Brady's a god. That's like, uh, I can't say. Every time I go out there 
and see Tommy, I it's just a reflex. I go, Tommy! <laughs> I just yell his name. Yeah, yeah said it in that line. And he's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hi. <laughs> what, uh, do we have any jobs on the website right now? How's, uh, how's hiring looking? I don't think there's anything posted on the website specifically, but okay. as usual, always looking yeah, for qualified, qualified talented <clears throat> people. Yeah, yeah. Got, man, I'm working on all that brass right now. I know I mentioned mm-hmm. it last time. <clears throat> quarter mile of floor trim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that uh, looking good. They're setting up. They got. They're working on the second layer of that uh, brass bar stock screen for the Hollywood Casino. Yeah, I Mike's see out there setting that up, and that's oh, it's pretty. It's going to be pretty cool. I like the way Todd engineered that, putting it together. Mm-hmm. See, so he did the bottom frame to lay it all in, and then the top masonite overlay to get to position all the pieces. Hmm. That's pretty neat. I was going there and check that out. Yeah, yeah. nice. That's yeah, going to be a pretty nice thing. No, a lot of stuff. We just had all the, the last of the stuff. Good for... cons- some construction pictures would be a good one for the... That'd yeah. be a good teaser Graham. series. One for yeah. the Graham. Yep. Get it for the Graham. For the Graham. Yeah. Travis, get off the shop and give me some stuff for the Graham. <laughs> That's like 90% of my job now is just wandering around the shop. Yeah. Taking pictures taking and pictures. stuff. Yeah. Tommy! Yeah. <laughs> no, this is sales, really. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> a couple of 40-year-old guys trying to be cool. Yeah. Graham. Oh, Graham. Yeah. My flat brim hat on. Oh, I hate <laughs> I hate Those don't look good. I don't care who they're on. They do not look good. Oh. They're dumb. You think so? Shouldn't be curved. Yeah, it's just because I grew up, well, and the way I grew up is the way everything should be all the time, ever. Yeah. You see, you're still wearing flannel. Are you? I no. actually, I never stopped, I Mike. Uh, <laughs> speaking of upcycling clothes, there was something on the news the other morning, and they were talking about how a lot of the the 90s grunge style is kind of coming back with like the argyle sweaters and the yeah. flannel and everything like that and I'm like I'm just stop wearing flannel yeah in northern Michigan I mean if you don't have flannel right. yeah. you know. I don't have a red and black flannel though I, need to I don't either really no. I do because apparently they must be cool again I have one showed up in my closet I'm like what's that it's a shirt it's start, cool you start wearing it start wearing it okay yes, tell you what to wear, you wear it. <laughs> I'll wear it if you put it out for me yeah <laughs> amen is it ironed done <laughs> exactly. Most of it buttons. Yeah. <laughs> now we uh, we're still doing flannel Fridays here. So uh, are we? Yeah. It's on making sign. It's on her sign on her desk. I know Sheena posted it that one time, but we figured people. That was a long time ago. I thought we'd just kind of fallen out with that. I I I still maintain I started that flannel Friday. Now nah, good for you, Paul. Wow. <laughs> That, real, uh, real proud of you. I'll go the resume. <laughs> started Flannel Friday. What? Any major achievements started Flannel Friday? Yeah. At the I know the edits I'm going to make on the employee page of the website Uh-oh. for Paul. Oh, man. Did you? For your quote, I started Flannel Friday. <laughs> Did you ever change that to the, because it looks like Papa John's, my picture? And I said, can you change it to better, was it that's better Travis. steel, better products? That's great, like stainless? That's, that's, I wonder how many people actually get that. I didn't get it when you first uh, told me. No, yeah. neither. Yeah, uh, well, that's I one was, of those jokes that's funnier in my head. But yeah, this guy got that text, and I figured, well, it's okay. a little less gin in the world tonight, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, hey Mike, I got a great idea. Mike, hey Mike, you know what? You know what? You should do this. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I think uh, I was drinking that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, check us out, greatlakestainless.com. Uh, go to the career. Well, we just talked about it. There's nothing on the yeah. careers tab right now. But, yeah, if you're a welder, come on in. 
And even finisher, if you're finisher, finisher, finisher. Yeah, I keep getting to mention that. Well, or finisher. Yep. Yeah. So always looking. Or for if you want to be a finisher, we'll train you how. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, check us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Mira Finish at GreatLakesStainless.com is the email. And as always, if you really want to help us out, subscribe, rate, and review helps us out in all the algorithms. And unless you guys have anything else, I don't think so. Words of wisdom. Oh, I got a lot of those. How much time we got? Five seconds. I love it. I love our different response. I'm like, oh, none of those. He's like, oh, man. Words of wisdom. We got tons. White front to back. I don't know if he knows what wisdom means. (laughs) A lot of words. (laughs) Don't know how wise they are. Yeah. All right, here's episode 39 with Josh Stoltz from Grow Benzie. Josh, Josh. Yeah. Mike. Hey, Mike. Nice to meet you, Josh. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Where? Uh, where's the? Uh, yeah, right here's good. Thanks for coming by, man. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. So, been listening in, trying to get the scoop on. Oh, you've been listening. Uh, and you still showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 wow. Nice. Well, I've only got five minutes. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah, you have to listen. We can do our damage in that amount of time. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of damage in five minutes. Yeah. I love it though. Ask my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I googled it. I googled it. Learned all about Travis's. I, uh, I can dig a hell of a hole in five minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, why don't we start? You introduce yourself and tell us about Robenzi. Sounds good. Well, my name is Josh Stoltz. I grew up in Lake Ann. Went to Benzi Central. You guys live near Lake Ann or you know? I live down by Carland, so I'm yeah. up by Lake Ann. I'm mountain bike up around there and stuff quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my ex-wife's whole family is from Lake Ann. The Roloffs, the Stowes. Sure. Uh, the Skyvers. So, I've, been, I've been to Lake Ann. Been to Lake Ann. <laughs> there you go. Lake Ann Brewing is great. Yeah, I went there for the first time the other night. I've Did heard, you really? I've heard nothing but good things That's about that. Jumping, music, what? Yeah, I went out to listen to the music, and uh, it was pretty good, and I turned around and went right back inside. Yeah. Because it was Flying Ant Day. Uh, oh, really? It was like, <laughs> there were a ton of people out there, apparently it didn't bother them. No? Me and the little boys were like, um, nope, no Flying Ants inside. <laughs> <laughs> music isn't that, I mean, it was good, but. Not Flying Ant Not Flying Ant good, no. Yeah, so I grew up in downtown Lake Ann. That right. that uh, brewery used to be LA Cafe. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we'd walk right. down the street and get sure. the LA Cafe and the uh, the bank there that used to be an ice cream shop. Actually, my uncle Jimmy used to live in that house. Aunt Lexi is a skyver. Yep. So that's our connection with the the Harris family, which is kind of Cedar Run. Okay. Harris's. Yeah. Um, but that bike trail mm-hmm. that was the hot spot. We go. Cross country skiing yep, out cross there. Cross country skiing, bike, yeah. Man, that was our, that was the hangout. Yeah. But when you ride the BMXs out that far, then you're kind of tired <laughs> by the time you get out there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. A cool little town though. Yeah. yeah. And we moved out to the boonies, kind of out towards uh, Honor. Yep. Hooker mm-hmm. Road 669 by the airport there. Sure. Yeah. Out in the woods. I was about ten then. Went to Benzie Central, and then uh, that was the, that was the spot. So mm-hmm. grew up in the woods, and then. I went to Central Michigan uh, for film and radio. Oh, cool! Nice. Yep. So that was the that was my jam for four years. Sure. Uh, cool. Minored in marketing and advertising, and then moved out west. My brother and I hopped in the car and 
ended up in Arizona. Go west, young man, right? That was, yeah. that, was that. And we, well, we toured, we just kind of moseyed around, went up, you know, the northwest mm-hmm. scene, ended up in Flagstaff, Arizona, but it was just so cold. We woke up one morning and the, our jugs of water were frozen. There was yeah. snow up on Mount Humphreys, and we're like, no. <laughs> this was October, I think, so we're like, we're heading south. Yeah. So I ended up in uh, in uh, Tempe, or Glendale in Tempe, and I, I found out that they, the Westerners love Midwest attitudes. So it's oh, kind okay. of, this is like my LinkedIn bios, where they love the attitude, they okay. love the, they love that I would work. Yeah. And so no problem. You want to work long days every day of the week? Yeah, no problem. Okay. You need me to. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And sales. I got pretty good at sales because of no the no problem attitude. Yeah. Teach yeah. me how to take a no, go to the next one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. uh, that was right around the boom of the telecom deregulation. So AT&T, or the bells, baby bells were getting, getting broken up. Mm-hmm. So there was the MCIs and the Sprints. Then it mm-hmm. allowed AT&T to get local service again and then DSL. So we were able to represent clients like AT&T on a business-to-business level. I would have, so then I started opening my own companies. I'd have reps come in and talk to a company like yours and say, hey, you want to come back to AT&T? Hey, you know, yeah, of course we do. Have everything on one bill. So we'd make that sale and do level customer, level one customer service and then make a bunch of money. So mm-hmm. we, I was able to open up three offices in Arizona throughout the state. Did the same thing in Miami with Bell South, especially with DSL. Mm-hmm. They really wanted to pinpoint. They could give me a list of AT&T customers instead of sending them direct mail or doing tele, you know, teleconference yeah. or tele- spamming. Yeah. We could go out there and say, hey, you guys ready for DSL? Yes, please sign me up and walk out making 100 bucks. So oh, that was my, that was the business scene. That was about 30 by the time I was totally toast. <laughs> I did uh, oil and gas up in the Appalachians for about a year. Wow. And then I figured that was not the industry for me either. Sure. And then moved back here. So yeah, that's a heck of a difference in what you do now. Yeah. yeah. What part of Appalachians? In West Virginia? Yeah, I started in Morgantown. Yep. Okay. Yep. So a lot of football. Mm-hmm. Went to as many games as I could there. West Virginia University. It's all f- and that time it's football this this yeah. season right now is yeah. football season. And then Pennsylvania and New York. Yeah. Lived in a hotel and just jumped around as a landman. Oh, okay. But, uh, and stuff like that? What's no. that? Uh-huh. No, I basically basically buying Get property mineral rights. No. So I knock so on your door one. and say, Hey, do you want to lease your mineral rights? Oh. And you go, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'd say, Well, I'll give you a check for 200 bucks a month just to hold the mineral rights. And then if we drill, if we frack on your property, mm-hmm. we'll give you however much we produce. Oh, man. So this was back with the deep, deep well fracking when I didn't really know what, what that was. Sure. Uh, yeah, just a ton of money in that industry, obviously. Yeah. So I saved it up, and then I came back here. I ended up buying a school bus, yeah. painted it like a globe, I call it the future. I just kind of hung out and traveled for a couple of years. Okay. Retired. Yeah. yeah. But not really because I ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know, totally living in the future. <laughs> I was living in the future. Living in the future. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but B, I ended up back here mm-hmm. and reconnected with the community. I was like, man, this is, I love this place. I mean, the 
obviously you guys are here too, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. from the between water and trees and oh, yeah. people, like this place is where it's at. Yeah. So, um, and plus parents loved having me back here and um, bought a house in Frankfurt, got married. Right. And my first, my first uh, job, my real job back here was working with an after school program called Seeds in mm-hmm. Traverse City. Mm-hmm. Okay. They got this big grant, <clears throat> blew it out. We went 10 different uh, locations. I ended up being uh, the outreach coordinator for all 10 schools for a couple years, but the gal that was running Benzie Central went back to school, and I got to go back to my oh, back, back wow. to Benzie Central. And I had a room. I had Mr. Papagian's old room. That was now the after-school room. Oh, yeah. um, Mr. Olson was now Pete. Nice. Um, you know, it was really neat to be back in, yeah. back in that place. So I did that for three years. Just awesome because we we're doing whatever you know, mushroom picking out on the Lake Ann Trail and yeah. kayaking Betsy River, yeah. Platte River. Yes. Um, complimenting school day activities with after school programs okay. for, for grades and whatnot. So it was going well, but it wasn't refunded. Oh, so sure, right around that time is when Grow Benzie was looking for their for, for their first full time director, and that's when I jumped on. It was October? It'd be coming up five years this October twenty fifth. Wow. Man, I feel like what you just told us could be like six books. <laughs> I mean, it's like that was so dense. Like every everything you touched on has you know could be like just chapters and chapters and stuff. That's man, well, that's living in the help. future was was fun because yeah. like, I wasn't worried about money at the time. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Like, but man, reality that's... comes around. And... Yeah, like, yeah, you've done more in that summary than most people do in their entire lives. So yeah, you gotta write a book or something about that, man. Yeah, I've got a few stories up my sleeve. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, but it's been going well with Girl Benzie. I mean, this yeah. is uh it's a non profit, we're a five one C three, but it worked out well for me in this position because it's really it's a physic physically it's a community center. It's a space okay. um, like a hub within the community where people can come. Uh, it used to be a commercial plant nursery. Oh. So it's four acres. It's it's giant. There's this giant event center, three thousand square foot event center. We now have an incubator kitchen for people to start their own businesses mm-hmm. or cater, or we do uh, we actually do food prescription presentations during our farmers market. So that's fifteen hundred square feet. So there's just a lot of space that people can rent. So earn income wise, Grow Benzie, kind of different from other nonprofits where we are making money to help the community that it's supporting itself. Okay. Uh, the ranch house that people. The, the previous owners lived in. That's now our office, nice. office space. We have shared office space. Mm. And then the downstairs of that that ranch house, we have a sewing studio and a maker space. Okay. So it's all sorts wow. of stuff. Yeah. It's just always there's always a buzz downstairs. There's something going on. Yeah. The sewing studio. The gals make. Uh, there's a group called Days for Girls, and they make a, a reusable feminine hygiene kits for girls overseas. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. And thousands that's awesome. of these kits. So and they just pack in there and. Like I said, it's just buzzing down there. You got Aunt yeah. Kay in front of the surge machine, and she's just just cranking these out. Just, next, yep. next, and uh, they've sent those to ten different countries. They're part of. They've trained all around Northern Michigan. Nice, it's a good group wow. of yeah. ladies. I've seen a couple of, like TED talks and stuff about how like and these were specifically talking about India and yeah. how it's just a massive, massive problem because. It's not something that we think about over here. I mean, we've talked before about how privileged we are and how everything's just fingertips away. But, you know, over there, 
it's this social stigma. Yep. You know, it's viewed as, you know, unclean and the girl is ostracized and like this is a natural body process. Yeah. But, you know, the level of poverty in India, they don't have access to a lot of the hygiene products. And so, yeah, I've heard there was the, the one guy over there who started like the biggest uh, organization to provide girls uh, with feminine hygiene products. And just, it's something that you can't really understand until you see the guy talk about it. I mean, you really get culturally what a big deal it is. So it's so awesome to hear yeah. that that's going on kind of right in our backyard. Yeah. It's such a big deal. Well, that's why they call it Days for Girls, because mm-hmm. they'll miss a week of school or yeah. work every month <clears throat> when they have their period. Yeah. And uh, especially in some of these countries, they've got to make their own, some of them have to make their own outdoor shelters during that time. So they can't be with the family. Can't be with the family. Yeah. So they'll, there's, wow. there's yeah, this, right? one of the biggest, the biggest advocates recently died, her, and you can Google her in the Wall Street Journal, she, I think it was smoke asphyxiation because she had to make her own fire oh, heat source man. in her, or snake bites is another common problem. Oh, Isn't that wild? Yeah. So yeah, we take some things for granted, but these, this group really just cranks it out and and advocate and educate people about everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that part of the fiber shed? I yeah. That well, next door. Yeah. Good eye. Next door. Okay. So the fiber shed. We kind of have this this loose knit. <laughs> of uh, just wait till we talk about the bee guild. Oh man, uh-huh. that's right up. Puns are right up my like, yeah. You guys are gonna be tossing. Oh man. <laughs> uh, so not a newbie. Good. Yeah, right. Uh, but the, well, the fiber guild is really a group. There's a lot of different kind of fiber related activities. So the days for girls, no brainer. They're using the sewing machines. The fiber shed started a few years ago. A gal uh, was just interested in diverting fiber and fabric and materials from the landfill and we have this extra pole barn so she would and she's got this whole team that accept your donation so instead of taking it up to goodwill or local you know uh, any place that accepts clothes accept your five pounds of your old jeans okay you get five fiber credits then you can either shop in the fiber shed Mm -hmm. or you can pass them along or use them for a class so if you want to learn how to make something during one of their classes, you can. Mm-hmm. Or you pass it forward to somebody who needs Ooh. some fiber credits. Nice. I'll tell you what, the high schoolers gobble up the fiber credits. Like this is now a, a cool scene for some of the local oh, high schoolers okay. because, you know, upcycling and used clothing is, right. you know, they're, they're understanding the concept of not fast fashion. Yeah. They're really getting into that. So that maker space is downstairs. Um, and then the pole barn has all the clothes outside, but you can walk in that maker space and on the wall there's just totes of denim, sequins, feathers, whatever it is you want for your project. Yeah, yeah, nice. we, we've got the, the drama club will come over from Frankfurt and do some shopping and make their costumes and Halloween's oh, coming up so cool. it's, it gets pretty busy out sure. there. Yeah, pretty neat idea and she's just been yeah. running with it. Nice. And so there's hardly any cash exchange on that too. Fiber credits. It's just yeah. Here's okay. your credit, and yeah, and uh, you can pass it forward, which is a cool thing. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, what uh, obviously summers are super busy for you guys. It sounds like you're pretty skewed towards agriculture, but then it also sounds like you got a lot of other stuff going on. So in the winters, what what's going on in the winters there? <laughs> you didn't hear from we we had this letter sent to the to uh, Record Patriot maybe uh, two months ago. We have these weekly potlucks. Ah. Okay. Well, we had this one about cannabis. 
we want to educate. People are always asking, well, you know, give us some information about cannabis, but hardly yeah. anybody in the area talks about it. Yeah. So we usually have a panel discussion. Publicly, Publicly. Publicly right. Yeah. Yeah. Clarify. On podcasts, it's different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it's not public. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else it's is going to hear this. It's basically not public. It's basically, yeah. <laughs> well, so this, this weekly, it's just an opportunity for us to have either, like I said, a panel or an mm-hmm. expert. We'll have anywhere from 20 to 120 people in our event center to learn about this thing or have this conversation. So, uh, of course, when people hear Grow Benzie, they think, well, you're growing weed, right? Especially when we had the grow supply store that was a mile away. Oh, yeah, people would yeah. call us and say, hey, I need some, some nitrogen fixing agent. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I think you got the wrong, yeah. the wrong number. <laughs> but we had this presentation about um, cannabis. So we had a couple government officials. We had an attorney. Mm-hmm. Might have had a grower. And she, this lady wrote a letter to the editor just a couple months ago saying that Grow Benzie was crusading for the legalization of marijuana. Mm-hmm. And this was three months after the vote. Right, yeah, yeah. So, so I've got people calling me going, what yeah. <clears throat> What are you guys doing there? And she has all these kind of quotes. Building the commune, man. <laughs> <laughs> she used the word crusade. So yeah. I was like, yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. Word choice. <laughs> and they haven't, and I put a little retort to make sure that people understand that that was kind of fake news, what she was putting out. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just interesting to see people's reaction with things like, yeah, legalization, or or and even that was that was three months after it was actually legalized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's kind of a afterthought crusade then, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, the deed been done. Yeah, exactly. And good, we had good, we had government officials. There was a state police officer uh, who sits on the on Benzie yeah. County Commission, mm-hmm. just talking shop. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, and we had people from all. That's the cool thing about Grow Benzie. There's all different uh, age groups. All the demographics are so you know. S- separate or you know like diverse, diverse yeah. that uh, we get a good conversation good. rolling. Yeah. So you, when you see some of these baby boomers or you know seventy year old retirees who are interested in CBD, right? I mean that's that's real, but they have no place to go besides Google on the internet oh. or hear about California's yeah. you know issues. Yeah. And then they get freaked out. So just a simple opportunity for information exchange. So that so winter that keeps us busy, keeps sure. us in the scene. Uh, we had an immigration conversation that got oh, wow. probably our most heated one yeah, sure. last winter. We had the sheriff, and right yeah. you get the farmers who need who need uh, you know farm labor. Yep. But then you've got the sheriff who uh, declares himself as a constitutionalist. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets it was contentious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, two different two sides to it. Two know? sides yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. And we were just presenting <laughs> the floor to to be able to do it. And no. Um, plus winter, you guys know, can unless you are cross-country skiing every week, which I can't say that I <laughs> am disciplined enough to do, um, Netflix can get kind of old. <laughs> no. So uh, weekly potlucks is, is one way, and we'll do the workshops downstairs. And okay. Spring rolls around pretty fast, so we'll start doing ag and gardening classes, cool. talking about soil. you got to start talking about that even even before the snow, snow melts. For sure. And you guys got it. I saw on the, the map. Um, uh, Growbenzie.org? Yep. That the, okay, that's the website. Yes. Um, yeah, you guys got a, a big greenhouse there. Um, what other facilities do you have? You said you got four acres. So 
what are there is there actual you have to grow crops on that land too? You do. Okay. Yeah, so that used to be a commercial that was the commercial nursery. So there's three different hoop houses. They used to be covered with the polycarbonate, you know, rigid plastic, and then each one had their own boiler. So that heating system would heat each one of those rooms, and they had tabletop kind of yeah. horticulture, and then selling the big buildings. When we bought it, the place was hammered, so we'd had to take that roof off. Now we use a kind of a weave tarp, plastic tarp, just to hold the heat in, and then we grow right in the ground. Okay. And that's so we teach classes on how to grow. But three years ago, we flipped our model from paying someone to grow food to actually lease it as an incubator. Yeah. So now we can incubate farmers. We've had two different farmers from the MSU Organic Farm Training Program come in rather than, than them start their own farm with their own property and their own greenhouses and invest in that. We say, here you go. Do what you want. Pay us a small fee. And you get pay us a small fee. We have a network of farmers on our board. We've got some some great uh, folks going to help with business, um, just business planning. Right. We have our own farmers market. For three years, we had a food truck, mm. so we could sell direct. She could sell directly to the food truck. So just by doing that kind of connection, we can help that pipeline of farmers coming in. Yeah. And just like your guys' industry, you know, there's there's the certain pathways where there's obstacles. So you might find some talent, and you go well. How about housing? Mm-hmm. Like, oh boy, if, if we could yeah. all just buy a big house and yeah. <laughs> what, you yeah. know, share, if we could all build some temporary housing, at least help some yeah. new staff get going. The same thing with yeah. ag, new farmers. They're excited to come up to northern Michigan because of the food scene, but it's hard for a f- new farmer to be able to afford even even rental. Well, that's a yeah. notoriously unprofitable industry. Right. This is agriculture and farming itself. So imagine having this huge debt and large, you know, big ag have giant tractors and these mortgages. And so that's, you know, suicide among farmers yeah. is the highest. It's like a hundred out of a hundred thousand suicides are farmers. Yeah. I've heard that's been going really, yeah. it's yeah. been going up a lot lately. A ton. Wow. Yeah. And the average age of farmers is going up. I think in Michigan, it might be 65. Sure. So there's going to be this huge transfer of land. And so what we're doing at Grow Benzie and other organizations around northern Michigan is identify how to fix, how to work on that pipeline. Yeah. Because they're not going to come in and no. make a ton of money. you got to find the folks that are in the passion of, the, of doing it. And, and, yeah. and that's really, I think, the, a big problem is because it's, because it's so unprofitable, it's not attractive. And so that's, it's about the passion. That's really what farming is about. And, you know, we don't have – so we've got this aging – Farmer, the aging farmers, like you said, soon there's going to be like this gap. It's like, where's all this food going to come from? Then? Yeah, yeah. And we don't have. I mean, until they're working on the lab-grown meat, that's getting there. I mean, but until we have like a, an efficient, mass-producible substitute, that's it. It's farming for right. food. And yeah, and right now you're enjoying, you know, I don't whatever it costs for corn and, and vegetables and stuff like that. But when that gap hits, those farms are gone, the food costs are going to just skyrocket. What are we going to do then? Right. So, skilled uh, trades is the same. same We've seen right. that. Mm-hmm. So you guys, if yeah. you, I mean, yeah. the big talk with us when it comes to school and post-school is welder, welders. Oh, yeah. You guys probably hear that. We need more welders, and welders can make a ton of money. And, mm-hmm. Right? Did you guys see any sort of, any ticks or, uh, up, you know, interest changes? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, welders are, for us, welders are, uh, it's been a challenge, but we've been pretty fortunate in getting some really good people yeah. on for welding. So we get some really, Even really talented welders. Even pulling the last few from downstate. Yeah, yeah, that oh, helps. Okay. Yeah, Grand Rapids, Ann Arbor. Yeah. yeah. And you recruit down, you recruit nationally. No, uh, no, we just live up here. Yeah, that's yeah. just it. Yeah, and it recruits for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm moving up. I need a job. Yeah, that's literally yeah. more than like at least that's three true. or four people. Yeah, I think um, Tommy, he was like that, wasn't he? Yeah. He was just mm-hmm. kind of like Matt coming up. Matt. Oh, that's right, Matt too. The, yep. the new guy. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's so they had experience or had the degree. Yeah. 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 And we're I mean, just kind of looking up here. What's going on? You know, yeah. Tony who was, was here with uh, Aristotle. He was the same way. You know. Oh, that's he right. He's the engineer with Caterpillar. That's right. Well, then in terms of City. salary, you have an in in uh, like the rookie rate, and then you can graduate them up. Is that pretty standard across the state? Or you, in terms of competitiveness with the Ann Arbor market, or no, I wouldn't say we're necessarily competitive with the Ann Arbor market. Yeah. No, <laughs> not, not at all. Uh-uh. Definitely not. Have Definitely to pay not. For view of the bay. Right? That's right. That's yeah. Yeah. So uh, we try and be very competitive and pay a good wage for the region. Uh-huh. So that's that's what that's what it's based yeah. on. Yeah. The best we can. So that is not. We don't need to. Most of them are coming. They're like, I'm moving up. Yes. I've made that decision. Yeah. Now I just got to find a job. Right. Yeah. And then construction wise, so we always hear about well. Welding, you know, be the welder or be the plumber or yep. be the HVAC. Like Electrician, yeah. yeah. Trades. Yeah. And so that's, there's been this lag. So working with seeds and then our program, we started doing after school with Grow Benzie. When I started at Grow Benzie, we started doing after school programming right away because there was no after school programming. Uh-huh. We worked in the wood shop and we were making bee boxes mm-hmm. for St. Ambrose Cellars nice. on Homestead Road. So yeah, yeah. had some income coming in, Sleeping Bear Farms. They need bee boxes. But mm-hmm. You know, teaching kids the basics of the wood shop, at least expose them to these other careers. Mm-hmm. So when we start talking lags and what the what the needs are in the community, yeah. farming, we're going to see that here. We I see it, yeah. But the community is going to see that pretty soon, where we see all the the need for the food, whether it be a pantry or local restaurants. Now we're going in saying, "Where's my where's my chicken from?" You, know, you guys yeah. ever see that Portlandia? Oh my! I haven't. No, I've never seen the. Show you never saw Portlandia. Uh, you never uh, seen Portlandia? Oh, oh my oh, god! Yeah. You got to get on that wall. I'm surprised you haven't because uh-huh. you would. Yeah, it's it's right up your alley. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I should check. They it. are yeah. they are strongly satirizing things that you are passionate about. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. I would, yes, and I are. feel that, Paul. I think <laughs> you yeah. you get a kick out of it. this particular one where. The two of them were ordering food, and they wanted to know specifics about where everything was, and they wanted to know about where the chicken was. Okay. Where, where the chicken was from, is that right? From, Travis? yeah. They asked a lot of questions about the chicken. What was the name right? of the yeah, chicken? Yeah, what was the name of the chicken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was he raising a pen? Was oh, it free range? They ended up going yeah. to the farm, oh, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, she ended up joining this commune that was raising these chickens that had names. That yeah. does sound like Oh, yeah. man. It's a great show. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, sure. Gotta watch it. But that that's the, you know, getting to know our food. There is the funny side of it, but there's also the, the fact that most of our parents or grandparents didn't call things organic. It was just food. Yeah. Yeah. And so sure. nowadays where people have a farm, like, yeah, great. You got a farm or a garden. And also, like, they, you know, 
your chicken came from a chicken. It didn't come from the store. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you knew. Yeah. And up here we know. I mean, I think my kids were legit at some point. I remember some of them being like, that was a bird? Yeah. We're like, where do you th- chickens come from the store? I'm like, you're no, like, chickens like, what? Uh, yeah. You're like, what <laughs> have I done as a parent? Right? Kind of a father of mine that you didn't Oh, know. no. I was like, <laughs> oh, boy. I can really terrorize some stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be fun. My wife's like, don't, don't. I'm like, what? It comes from a chicken. I mean, it comes from a chicken. Yeah. It's kind of like you think about that. It's yeah. just, well. No, it's true. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like but me I mean, a Gatorade that's the red. I want the red flavor or the yeah, blue flavor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Not the flavor, it's yeah. the color. Yeah. yeah. Color, oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Kool Aid. <laughs> that's because yeah. they're all the same flavor. <laughs> you know it's what? just a different yeah. color. Yeah. Uh, Fruit Loops. But, I like that. They're all the same flavor, just different color. Yeah. They're delicious. Not good for you, but they're delicious. Well, it's fortified, right? Fortified. 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 Mm. Yeah. All the vitamins just splashed across the top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just got some guy in the factory just, <laughs> you know, literally spraying. Vitamin D, put it in the other barrel. Here's some vitamin C, kids. Yeah. That's right. Fortified I'll wear the, I'll wear the respirator because yeah. you can't breathe this shit. No, no. Yeah. no. I've heard about like uh, accidents in like huge dairy plants or whatever, where they add vitamin D to the milk, but you know there'll be like some industrial accident and some guy will get soaked with vitamin D. And you're like, yeah, it's a vitamin. It's like, yeah, well, the dose makes the poison, so. Yeah. No. Yeah. Everybody's wearing hazmat suits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, okay, Bill. Come on in. Yeah, it's just vitamin D. Out. It's like, yeah, but when you got a 55-gallon barrel of concentrated vitamin D and it gets dumped on you, yeah, yeah. you go to the hospital. Yeah. yeah. So, for sure. It'll keep you out of the sun, for sure. Yeah. Well, like, have uh, you heard about vitamin A poisoning if you eat a polar bear liver? No, I'm serious. <laughs> Actually, this, this is Portlandia. This happens like every episode. I'll say something. I might laugh because it's some obscure. No, because <laughs> polar bear liver. polar bear livers are, and that's the. Uh, I want to say yeah. I've heard this, but I am 99.9% sure the only reason I've heard this is because I've talked to you. Yeah, about probably. It. Nobody else would tell me this. No, that's water cooler no. talk. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, polar bear livers. Yeah, well. You know what you never want to do? <laughs> Eat a polar, <laughs> polar bear liver. All right, Paul. It's nine in the morning. Are you drinking already? Paul's the oh. nerdy version of Cliff. From- <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, a little known fact that uh, <laughs> I used to have a, a Cliff impression, but I haven't seen that show. So oh, I can't remember man. what it sounds like. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I know polar bear livers for some reason have a ton of vitamin A if you eat one. And vitamin A poisoning is nasty. Like I guess your skin literally falls off. Oh, really? That's- but can you see in the dark? No, that's a myth. Sorry. But you do have a, a glow yourself. I want to know who the animal is that killed and ate a polar bear liver. I'm assuming he killed the polar bear. Right, I'm assuming the that they had the, uh, Ex- you know, yeah, European it. explorers way back, you know, they went or there. The, and, you know, the natives up there with the polar bears who would kill and eat That's them. true. Well, they yeah. figured it out a long time ago. Yeah, because they ate one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I figured if I was them. Centuries ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't the tell The Europeans was like. Yeah, I wouldn't tell the Europeans either if I was them. I was like, oh, no, no, you can eat that the whole You know what we say for you? The livers. Yeah. The best part. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to me? <laughs> well, go back to Germany. Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> that's like licking the frogs and mm-hmm. don't yeah. try that one yeah. or try this one or yeah. Yeah. that one. Don't try. Yeah. Yeah. So do you still have the food truck? Because you were talking about the past. Well, that was a partnership with Goodwill, and so oh. they had received that with a grant and with the saturation of all the food trucks and travers. Yeah. They, they called and said, "Hey, you guys want it out of benzene?" I said, "Sure," because that's just a. Oh, yeah, we put some of the stainless shells. Billboard. 
We did? Did we do the food you truck? Might we did have, something yeah. in the food truck. We also did something in the harvest truck where they go in and collect um Oh, okay. Yeah, they um, glean produce. the product. Yeah. That's awesome. Excess produce from places, so. Okay. Well, the food truck was the first year we had a grant from the USDA to just promote our farmer's market and our food, um, the incubator kitchen. Okay. And so we just I kind of figured it out with some of the dollars. But the second year, we flipped it to be an incubator model, just like the farm, because with so much risk in running a, a new restaurant, uh, we said, if you come in, we'll give you the the truck and the facilities to use the big kitchen and then you just go nuts with your own business plan and we'll help you with that and help you market it but you've got to do the hustle so that second year uh hayden he was all the way down to electric forest and up to sheboygan and all over the place uh the following last year uh logan call who is still in traverse city he owns planted cuisine he's a plant-based guy and i was like i don't know man you're in benzie county you're not going to offer any meat He's like, I'm going to go for it. And sure enough, he has such a huge following. Really? Cool. Um, and now in Traverse City, he does a lot of pop-up uh, educational um, events. Okay. And uh, just a brilliant chef. But it's, plant, you know, talking about so the impossible meat. or Vegetarian, the, ve- vegan yep. uh, focus. Exactly. That plant that plant world is just growing because of the health benefits yeah. and the nutrient-rich food and yeah. me trying to wean myself off a of Taco Bell. <laughs> having <laughs> one of his... Dirty rice bowls, like that's legit. Like, if I had that in front of me, that's what I would pick. So, um, that was the food truck until this last year. We couldn't find anybody this summer, we couldn't find anybody to hire Mm. or partner with. We had about 10 applicants and only a couple that were really qualified, and even a couple flaked out, but a couple that just said, you know, we it's too much, too much work because it's you're really starting your own restaurant. We can provide the places to go, like Stormcloud Brewing Company or, yeah. you know, local places. But, boy, that's a lot of lot of time. You're married to it. Sure. You're married to it. And you're, people say, well, why am I paying five bucks for a taco or ten bucks for three tacos? Well, you got to sell a lot of tacos to put all that time in just yeah. to prep the food. Yeah. So it's not just sitting there serving us as we come up to the... To the truck, it's the gas to get there. It's yeah, exactly. the ice or whatever that goes. Well, and it's like, I, you know, if you go to McDonald's, all right, you, you know, you can expect to pay those prices. But you got to think about what you're getting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like this stuff is oh, yeah. not, you know, super mass produced, shipped across the country in semis and frozen bags. It's like, man, this guy, this this person right here, it's, like, it's almost like your own personal chef. It's like you, exactly. you're gonna pay more for that. So, yeah, we got to value our time more, and that's the thing about yeah. food that I just struggle with. Because if I, I tell my wife, if I could just have a pill, so I could keep working, oh, yeah. Yeah. keep my head down, I'm yeah. working, I'm working, yeah. getting my job done. Yeah, those pills only work for a certain amount of time. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then the piper comes. Yeah. <laughs> and she'll spend. She and my wife's a vegan. She was diagnosed with breast cancer at the end of last year, so now she's all diet. Um, you know, vegan, watching her sugar intake, and so that's what I eat when I'm with her. Oh, sure. Boy, I feel good. And mm-hmm. This is a great idea. I should do this all the time. And then next afternoon, lunchtime, dang, I'm still hungry. Going to taco yeah. I gotta run. Three. I gotta make a run here. Like extra sour cream. <laughs> yeah. Breakfast side, for lunch again. Side of shame. Side of shame. So, what other uh, nonprofits do you just go to Benzie work with? You mentioned Will. Yep. Uh, well, the food ones, uh, Groundwork Center in Traverse City, okay. they've done a great job at, at leading the charge with the Food and Farming Network. So for 
over probably 10, 15 years, there's been a network of food-based um, private cross-sector um, network that has private farmers, food processors, these nonprofits that try to help us connect, um, Crosshatch up in Antrim, another farm, uh, farm-based organization. So, and there's other ones, but those are two that have really been leading the charge with getting programs implemented here in Northern Michigan, but across the state. So, Groundwork Center, for instance, uh, has been working on a program <coughs> called Ten Cents a Meal. Okay. You guys familiar with this? No. In fact, I'm not familiar with a lot of the nonprofits you're talking about. I feel like I need to. Kind of get out more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was reading, I was, what, the t- uh, ticker, what's the paper version of the ticker? Uh, TC Business. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, there's, a, I was, I picked it up and I realized that there's a big difference between the business world and the nonprofit world. Even though there's a, there's a lot of parallel goals or outcomes that we want to see, whether it be housing or healthy communities. I mean, you guys want your staff to show up yeah, not yeah. because of daycare issues or yeah, health sure. issues. So sure. um, that's some of the work that Grow Benzie's working on is how do we work on a systems level to connect the two. And there's no shame in not knowing what's going on with, with nonprofits, <laughs> there, for sure, because there are, are a ton out there. Yeah. And for the last three years after our strategic plan, we, we started, we started recognizing all the overlap of programs. So how many, an example would be pantries. So if Mike wanted to start a pantry, he goes, yay, and they go, okay, we want to get a pantry, and they're like, yeah, good idea, we need more pantries, or there's not enough uh, in Garfield Township, or whatever the case is, your, your guys' passion is all for it, and maybe you have a funder, you guys throw some money together, and like, yeah, we got this pantry, but in reality, there's a full network throughout northern Michigan that's already doing pantry work, that's connected with Grand Rapids, Detroit, the national foundations that are putting money into getting better at either logistics or delivery, communication. So we're to that point with nonprofits where we might not necessarily need another nonprofit. What we need is better communication between the nonprofits and better communication cross-sector. So between, say, your organization and... Groundwork Center in Traverse City, just knowing that you guys both exist was huge. So I saw Norte, you guys had, or he had, uh, he, Ty at Norte, Mm -hmm. somebody who made the newsletter was promoting some of the bike racks that you guys had made, either for that program or for whatever. So there's that connection there, but how many people know about your organization that might need that tool for, say, a food truck? That's where Grow Benzie's been working the last couple years is to say, how can we connect across, you know, across the sectors and yeah. government too? I mean, government makes the policy. So going back to Groundwork Center, that ten cents a meal program, that is specific. It started in Traverse City specifically to get dollars to local food to local schools to mm-hmm. get local food because of their budgets, constricted budgets, um, and logistically, how do we get apples to Traverse City schools? They need more in commodity dollars coming from the federal level. How can there be dollars that go specifically for buying local food? And so there's there's been this pilot for the last couple of years to get ten cents per meal. I think meals are what a buck fifty or whatever the per rate is for lunch. Ten cents of that will go towards a local purchase of local food for local oh, farmers. Cool. And so that gives us a big boost to local farmers. It gives a big boost for yeah. 
the health benefits because we know it's healthier food, healthful right. food if it's if it's from around here and on the on the plate. But the the work that Diane Connors and Groundwork Center has been doing is to get this to be a, a statewide initiative. This year, they the budget is still up in the air, and I just got a message that it was vetoed again. But they're trying to get at least a million dollars, if not. I, once you start talking over yeah. my salary, I, I don't know. <laughs> million dollars, ten million dollars, I don't know. It's yeah, a oh, ton of money. Yeah, yeah. More that's money important now. for the state to recognize the boom in the economy, yeah. as well as the health benefits for having kids eat apples. So they're local apples versus from. Yeah. South America, yeah. and they've done, Groundwork has been, uh, again, at the, f- at the head of this, where they'll have food corps, this food, National Food Corps program, yeah. they'll have apples on the table, and kids will pick up the local apples because they taste better. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a fact. Oh, yeah. So so, the, so to have dollars pumped into that, 10 cents per meal is yeah. huge. You think 10 cents, but it, they really have done, done a great job with that. And getting the money to the local farmers is such a big deal. I saw another TED Talk. I think just yesterday, where on average, uh, when you purchase produce in a store, on average, a farmer will receive 15 cents on the dollar. But if you get it at a local farmer's market, it's 90 cents. Right. Yeah. So if, you know, if we want to kind of switch it from being, you know, legendarily unprofitable to being a lot more attractive, you know, financially, then people need to do their part at the local level. I mean, there's some... Certainly, some profitable farming out there. I mean, there's plenty of farming. Yeah, there is, but like in in relation to other businesses, the profit margins are, from what I understand, typically a lot lower than, you know, what I don't know what in business is considered, you know, I'm sure it depends on the industry, what's considered a good or bad profit margin, but from what I understand, like a good profit margin for farming is like low single digits. It's like you're doing great. And I'm guessing for most other businesses, that's like, Screaming in the car. That's totally, <laughs> totally different than, than Stan's manufacturing. <laughs> totally. What's the margins? Yeah. Totally different. <laughs> single, single digit thought, margins in your having meetings. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, we got to talk. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Have a seat. <laughs> Door gets closed. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying there can be, there's some great niches involved with the, with the sure. organic things. I mean, some of these people who are going into farming, they're not just like heading into a, I mean, some of the conversation may sound like we're, they're, you know. Jump on the sinking ship. We're yeah. going down fast. That's true. Get on quick. Yeah, no, but yeah, they, there's yeah. some. You can go on and have a profitable niche. You know, as long as you find the, because there is a premium that's going to be paid, uh, especially that, that's growing locally for you know, sustainably locally produced fresh vegetables. Yeah. That premium is you know I don't have it, and I know a lot of people like you go to the food trucks there. Sure, yeah, you're paying three or four bucks a taco. I don't have any problem for it. Right. No problem with it, and then, you know they're. Seem to be quite busy. Yeah, because look what you're getting for that. Right, because look what you're getting for that. But that that does go down. They're, you know, one of the reasons that it's that much money is because they're paying a little bit more for the premium ingredients. But you know, you'll get you get what you pay for. So. Exactly, and I think that's something a lot of people have forgotten. You get what you pay for. Right. Yeah. So it's right. like I'm going to pay a dollar for a whole apple. It's like, yeah, well, if it was growing down the street from you. Yeah. And also, here's another nerd, Cliff Clavin. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. You need an intro with that. You I had know. a great impersonation. I got to blues. I got to resurrect that impression. And work on it. <laughs> right. um, but uh, you know the average amount of time in, in your apple that you get at Meyer or whatever. You know the average amount of time that's been off the tree when you go and grab that apple from the store. Oh, it's like nine months or something, isn't it? Keep going. It's really higher than that. Fourteen months. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 
it's like that's last year's crop that was frozen on that big place over on Cass and brought out for this year. You can't freeze and thaw an apple. Well, actually, probably you can. I've tasted some of those tastes like applesauce inside. Yeah, but. They're, they're awful. Well, the way I understand a lot, in tomatoes in particular, they'll pull them off the vine when they're green yeah. and then they, they, they ripen. finish the yeah. ripen on the ship coming across yeah. the sea. Then they hop on the truck in after Louisiana. Being, after and being genetically bred to be extraordinarily tough and big uh, yeah. and you know, red. Yeah. possibly yeah. flavorful. Size and color. Yeah. That's what tomatoes have been bred for. Yeah. You, know, you buy with your eyes, not your tongue. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, there are, so talking about secondary businesses or the, you know, the value added with organic in general, there's the food trucks, but people are recognizing the second, number two fruit. So if a carrot doesn't look like the carrot mm. that we see on yeah. the refrigerator magnet, yeah. where do those carrots go? There's now mar- a market yes. for that. The, what's that big oh, national yeah. organization yeah. called? I know what you're talking about. But yeah, it's like people are like... Well, the ugly like, vegetable market. Yeah, it is, yeah. And that might be what it's called, ugly, <laughs> ugly fruit or ugly food something. That might be what they actually call yeah. it. And, but yeah, it's because it's like it's, well, this apple has a line on it. Well, so what? I mean, what do you, how privileged have you gotten that if the fruit or vegetable doesn't look like it's from a commercial, it's just not good enough? Yeah. Guarantee you call in the grocery stores and buying the lumpy tomato. No, that looks terrible. I'm not going to eat that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they don't, they don't taste good either. The the winter, winter tomatoes are just. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm just like. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You grow something on your own, and yeah, you got a carrot that looks like it's got cancer. It's got tumors and legs everywhere. It tastes the same. It's just fine. Well, I definitely yeah. slowed down. For any food, we, we don't have a garden right now, but any food that I, my hands are a part of. So we do, my, my brother and I do maple syrup. Mm. We do honey at the farm. We didn't talk about this, but Benzie has a bee guild. Grobenzi nice. houses this group that uh, grow up that, manages bees there's about five or six beehives sweet so when we have sweet have to get out on it but we when i eat if i'm eating anything that i grew or hunted i slow down oh sure i'm like yeah this is where it's at it becomes about the experience yeah but if i'm at the breakfast buffet line I mean, I'm getting five oh, scoops I'm hammering of eggs. Down and, sausage yeah. lengths. Is this the biggest spoon yeah. you have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you a shovel out back, yeah. shovel? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to pick the pan up. Yeah. Yeah. When do you bring more yeah. potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> right? So what's the, uh, I'm curious, what's the, kind of, what's the funding model for Girl Benzie? Is it, are you grant-based? Do you have uh, Well, as I mentioned, earned income. revenues? Earned income is, is the growing part that we're trying to get away from grants. So when we first started, it was this big kind of, uh, collective of the community saying ru rah ri let's go for it and without an executive director or full-time staff that was easy because we could do an annual fundraiser get 30 or 40 grand in the bank and yeah. we'll just pay our bill every month our mortgage and kind of figure this out it was all volunteers doing youth things and then uh, we had a grant from the usda to promote our farmers market and the incubator kitchen and then some other ones some local ones to work on the roof and fix the furnace and things like that but what we decided, that strategic plan I mentioned right when I started, number one was to make money, number two was to get people using the space, and number three was offer programs that the community needs but um, wasn't duplicating other programs. And so I ended up helping the Bee Guild, helping the Fiber Shed, getting those the after-school program. Those things were all existing in our space, the incubator farm. So we're making money from them renting space, but we didn't go out and start like a new pantry or the new thing and uh, we didn't want to 
pursue grants that were for a thing because that's what usually happens. That's where the model lies right now when it comes to foundations. They say, well, what is your, what's your Band-Aid idea? And typically that'll be, here's your 10 grand or here's your 100 grand, but what's, there's usually not a, a, a good sustainable model to follow that. So I would have to hire a, a Travis to be our after-school program coordinator. And we go, yeah, we're doing all this good stuff, but where's the money gonna come after that one year, two year for his wages? So we got away from going after grants. Our board said, let's stop doing that. We're now membership funded as well as earned income. And that is, that's exploded over the last couple of years. So we have a big fundraiser called Bayou in the Barn out okay. of St. Ambrose Cellars. That nets us about, this year was about 50 grand, which, okay. is, which is a third of our third. Of our one of my there. friends played out there, that his musician played out there. Barefoot play out there this yes. year? Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I know Nathan from Barefoot. Yep. Oh, yeah. So and he works at Sleeping Bear Farms. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they they're great. Barefoot is is awesome. Oh, yeah. So we have we it's a Louisiana theme. We did it down on the bay in Frankfurt called the Bayou in the Bay for, for when I first started. I said we need to have a blues festival here in Northern oh, Michigan. Yeah. I had worked on the Dunegrass Festival for when I first when I was living in the future. <laughs> I was just helping with uh, with Dunegrass and it's like we need we need a blues festival here. So the first year we had like seven hundred people show up to this event. Wow. So we knew that there was. A yeah. scene, so let's yeah. keep it going. St. Ambrose is just a great place to have it in the barn. Mm-hmm. It's contained. They have all the all the booze. We have Louisiana food, and uh, the Benzie Playboys. You know, try, always attract a lot of a lot of people. K. Jones and the Benzie Playboys. So that's a big, and we have an auction. So that's a that's a third of it. But we're earned income. We're trying to get to be a third, and then other contributions, donations, and memberships to be a third. Okay. Diverse, try to diversify and get away from those grants. Sure. The yeah. last probably year, year or so, I've been fortunate enough to get a couple fellowships that have paid for some of my time to work on this, these new kind of systems approaches. So that, that's uh, a nice little boost yeah. Yeah. To, to keep us going as we get the word out there about our angle. Because we're not going out there saying, hey, we are doing an after school program, give us money. We're going out there saying, hey, we know there's multiple after-school programs out there. We want to connect them and be the connector and be more efficient with nonprofits. So people go, oh, what? It's hard to get that in just a little sound bite. Yeah. Say, hey, guys, will you donate to this when there's, I can't tell you that it's feeding, you know, 100 kids' mouths or what, you know, this is for 50 backpacks. Okay. So it's a different model that we're trying to go with as a nonprofit. Okay. I'm not familiar with the structure of a fellowship. Can you explain that um, so the two that I received, one was called the Changemaker Fellowship okay. uh, from Rotary Charities. It was the first one they ever awarded. And Traverse City Rotary Charities has been, the last a few years, have been mo- focused more on a systems approach to their grant process versus just the Band-Aid program approach. So they now require organizations to work with others in order to, to get some money. So we'd have to have a long-term plan. Uh-huh. Have, say a groundwork center in Travers with Grobenzi and Crosshatch, we'd have to have a good plan and say, hey, we're looking for some money. Can you fund this? Versus us going, hey, we got this idea, uh, and we just go for it, and then, oh, groundwork, you're doing the same thing. Uh, so so yeah. keeping that communication open. So the Changemaker Fellowship, um, I was accepted to this international school called Forum for the Future. Okay. So I got to go to the U.K. last oh, January. Wow. Pretty sweet because they teaching tools about systems approaches. And so this is like going up and looking at this landscape and going, okay, how can you communicate better? How, where's the disconnections? 
And the cool part about this was they uh, they offer field work where each there's 20 of us from around the world. Uh, there was one from New York and one from Benzie County. They got to go from the from the oh, U.S. Wow! So Ma, Ma was really proud of that. Yeah. Uh, but we, I got to go to Russia for our field work. Oh wow! So this particular the field work was for rural to urban migration. They're finding that all these kids and seniors are moving from rural Russia into city. Moscow. That's a global pattern, I think. From Big time, yeah. So imagine a, a Mancelona or a, a Thompsonville. Why are, why are people moving to the cities? Yeah. That's one part of it, but there's also, do we have a hospital in Mancelona? Right. Right? Like, yeah. or is it, should we have a school in Mancelona? Yeah. So that's the same thing that's happening in Russia, and that place is so gigantic. I mean, that's 11 time zones. Yeah. There's... 10,000 villages that have five people or less now. Wow. So what do you, what do you even call a village? You know, yeah, those are yeah. the sorts of things that that country's yeah. working with. So I had the opportunity to go out there with another the group of people, look at that as, an, as a systems approach, and then yeah. we went back to the U.K. a month later to kind of analyze it and share notes. The most recent fellowship is the Mandela Washington Fellowship, okay. which is a reciprocal exchange fellowship that I received. So I'll be going to Mozambique in a month. That's some serious name dropping. November. Mandela in Washington. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. So yeah. there was a gal that came up here two years ago. She owned her own food companies down in Maputo, Mozambique. She came up here and interviewed some food processors and markets wow. and we're kind of checking out the scene. Then they do this reciprocal exchange that that's what I applied for and received. So I get nice. to go down there and Check out their scenes, see sure. how the food chain works, where the value is added from here to there. Yeah. And uh, she says she's going to take me on a safari. So oh boy. I get to go <laughs> see the big five. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. The big five rhino, and rhino, lion, lion elephant, giraffe, elephant. And that's something else that kill you. One of the beasts from the big. Yeah. Wildebeest, hyena, something. I've yeah. seen the lion. Hyena, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, right. I've seen the lion. Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus is a Those are all, yeah. surprisingly uh, fatal animal. Yeah. yeah. It's like the number one in yeah. Africa, well, besides a mosquito, but yeah. Yeah. It yeah. kills the most. Yeah. So mosquitoes, I got to get the shot. Yeah. yeah. You got to get all the shots. That's what I'm worried about now. Yeah. Yeah. We had, her name's Ann Bonnie, and she's a professional speaker. And she's been to Africa a few times. She helps build schools in Malawi, I think. And now we talked to her, like, what's the process? What have you prepped? And it's like, oh, shot, shot, shot. Yeah. You got to get them all, man. <laughs> yeah. Got to get them all. Then, you know, don't drink the water. And she said she yep. had something like her first day there. I don't remember looking. Um, it ended up being something with unwashed vegetables. And yes. Like, all right. I just had my sit down with the with the immunization doctor and trainers yeah. and basically, yeah, watch everything that you eat. Don't go swimming. Oh, like, what do you mean? I want to go. Like, swim in a waterfall? That's no, like East yeah. Bay then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, only, only where Mitchell Park. Creek. Uh, yeah. Only where Mitchell Creek goes on. So. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, man. Uh, so, we talked, uh, well, guys, in the Portlandia discussion, you were talking about, um, uh, you know, organic and stuff. Have you noticed that, has that been, uh, like, a big issue from the public or a big push asking about organic non-GMO and all that kind of stuff? That's, yeah, absolutely. Is that growing? Um, is that grass-fed beef Okay, be another one. one. Yeah. So when I first came in the scene five years ago, I was fairly familiar with the food world, but mm-hmm. to recognize market demands, I really got to know that being part of the uh, Grand Traverse Food Shed Alliance Board. Okay. And so that that's based uh, 
here in Travers. This was after the Grand Vision, uh, 10, 10 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. 15,000 people from around northern Michigan got together and voted and said, we're this, these are our priorities and this, this is what we're interested in. And having a food and farming network was important. But this particular group, we looked at finding a place for uh, aggregation or uh, food processing. Because if you do start your own, say, salsa company in your own kitchen, that's, that's through the cottage law. So you can yep. only sell that at the farmer's market. Yep. So if you want to sell it in, a, uh, in the marketplace, you need to go to an incubator kitchen, which is what Grobenzi has. Yep. But you get to that certain point where now you need some co-pack help or you need a bottler, yep. that next level. There was no place in Traverse City that could really help that. Either you needed the loan and the funding and the space or, or both. Yep. Um, so we provided that as a partnership with uh, Tamarack uh, Holdings up in Traverse City at 1610 Barlow. So okay. Cherry Capital Foods uh-huh. has their their food distribution company. We uh, dressed out 10, we call it white box spaces, so just an empty room. But if you want to come in and use that space, build up your business, you could actually ship your food out through Cherry Capital oh, Foods. Oh, okay. It allows you to sell to the public. Yep, point. yep. So that, that was that was necessary. So that's what our organization helped do. And that really got me exposed to the need. Mm-hmm. So somebody like Cultured Ferments. So um, this is a kombucha company. Mm-hmm. She's now over, right over here at Chum's Corners. But, um, oh, really? Yeah, she make a left. She's back there behind, I think, over by Elmer's. So oh, she's been expanding. Uh, okay. She was featured in Forbes. I just read. Holy cow! Yeah. So this is the the foodie region. Yeah. The demand is is growing, and so before not even asking for organic. Now at the state level, there's different levels of organic certification for your farm. Um, people are now asking for it Portlandia style. You know, where's <laughs> yeah. this food from? Sure. Yeah. What, uh, was what was the chicken's name? What was the chicken's name? Yeah. Does the farmer this? have children? How uh, old are they? I gotta yeah. watch that show. Well, how, even like having mm-hmm. uh, um, having the names of the farmers or the names of the farms I'm listed on your menu. There is yeah. so yeah. uh, there is an ice cream company that puts the names of the cows on the containers. Really? Yep. I don't remember the name of the company. Bluebell, maybe or something. But yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, the the concern if, if if you look at the the localization of, of purchasing, where mm-hmm. people say. Oh, well, Great Lakes is local. I'll definitely go through them no matter what. Yeah. People are doing the same thing for clothes, yeah. textiles, for food. Yeah. And so if you can even find one restaurant that you can get a local grass-fed hamburger, yeah. people will pay that premium and, and pay more oh, yeah. for that. Yeah. So Good. that trend yeah. is on the up and up. Okay. Now if you find a restaurant, there's apps that you can find where there's a vegan, you know, where can yep. I buy, buy vegan or That's whatever. That's true, I've heard that. And so that, I've seen that at Grobenzi just in the last five years. The trend is going up, and yeah. now you see in the stores, you can see you can find grass-fed beef. Yeah, that's true. Or the organic yeah. section. Exactly. And yep. so just by us, it's been the pressures of the market asking for that. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to see probably that leveling of the, the pricing and then the need for more farmers. Yeah, to satisfy that demand. Yep. Sure. It's honestly just better food. And it tastes don't, better. Don't get me wrong. Up until, like, my girlfriend does always buy an organic. She has a garden. It's all organic, everything like that. So I didn't give a shit. I, you know? I'll eat it. And now it's, I started eating more of the organic stuff, and actually it's, it's a lot better. Like, going to the farmer's market and buying vegetables or fruits. And it's yeah. Like, it's, oh, it's just way better. It's yeah. Fr- yeah, it's yeah. fresher, like yeah. we were talking about. Yeah. It's like, would you rather have a 14-month-old apple or... Or this one that was probably picked last week. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the key. Just, just to be clear, Travis really wasn't buying vegetables or fruits previously <laughs> at all. Ah, so. uh, bananas. <laughs> I get bananas and apples and kiwis. Uh, big fan of kiwis, but yeah, wasn't buying a lot of them. It was mainly just well, the gas meat. station has the sausage yeah, and the banana. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna get it yeah. at the <laughs> counter. So it was mainly just meats, some potatoes, lunch of bowls, and pizza rolls. Ah, uh, never, not, never. Yeah. I cook, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's just meat. That was yeah. it, basically. The pizza yeah. rolls are delicious, though. Yeah. Call out Totino's for a sponsorship if they're interested, just, yeah. like, just like Arby's. And, you know, with all this talk about this, you know, it, it seems to be it just keeps growing, This the local industries. Paul needs to get on. He's got a cheese business. I was just going to say, yeah, do you have anything you, for cheese farming? You uh, you and I are going to be having conversations in the future because, yeah, we, my wife and I have been um, uh, wanting to start uh, goat dairy. Mm-hmm. And uh, my family's been making a cheese for, I don't know, Years, 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 and years. Millennia? Uh, actually, yeah. Um, my family's from Cyprus, and there's a, a cheese that's indigenous to Cyprus that's been made for thousands of years. And, you know, it's, the recipe's just been passed down and down and down and down. And uh, uh, so we wanted to, to get that going. And we also wanted to have, um, you're talking about the cottage law. I got a stack of papers yeah. from the Michigan Department of Agriculture talking all about that. And because we also wanted to do not only. After the cheese. So it's going to be cottage cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a winner, folks. I should expect this. Uh, I, I should oh. not be surprised anymore. <laughs> Mike gets me every time. Oh, yeah. so I get that feeling. It's like slight disappointment. Yeah. But then I appreciate the joke. And he signs my so, checks. Yeah. So I have to worry. Right. <laughs> but then we're, we're looking at kind of different phases of it and having, um, you know, a small farm of crops and then products based on that, uh, preserves and, and salsas. And What's the name of the farm again? Like I forget. Mm-hmm. Oh, What's God. the name of the farm? The, the, the creamery. The name of the creamery? Oh, man. Tug Life. Tug Life. I think. <laughs> Tug Life. Tug, Tug Life, Life Creamery. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for those videos to come out. Oh, the, the hoodies. Song. Well, actually, I was talking with Travis. Notorious B.I. Cheese. <laughs> Peachetti. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Sign me up. That's great. That's oh, great. Man. Rapper-themed oh, cheese names. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. But what do you wear around your neck? What's the big old, you know, what's the bling for the, uh, for the, the Tug big, Life Brewery? The big gold uh, pass, uh, nipple off the top of the bottle. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> but I was talking about instead of, instead of a goat with a hoodie, the logo would be like a goat looking over its shoulder with a surprised look. Surprised goat. Oh, I was like the Thug Life videos where the those fake sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Do you put that on goats? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Thug Life. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's the best I, idea yeah, you've I mean, ever come up with. And I've never <laughs> Yeah, he has. You know? That's saying a lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, you, uh, when I was, you sent me the, the website and I was looking through it, I'm like, man, this sounds exactly what I've been looking for. So it's yeah, cheese. Little, people are asking for cheese. Yep. Local cheese, local meat. Yep. It's so, tough though you, with the regulations. Yes. So there's Mich- some, Michigan's regulations is, and, and I've been in contact with the local dairy inspector. She's been super cool, helped me out a lot, and you know, it's basically looking like it's going to have to be pasteurized because to try to do anything with raw milk in the state is yep. no go. Yeah. Um, milk, milk in general is having a real, real go at it. Yeah. Nationally, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I think personally we'll be taking advantage of, of Grow Benzie's 
uh, resources quite a bit. Yeah. So kind of as we're wrapping up, how do people uh, get a hold of Grow Benzie? How do they donate? How do they become members? What are the pathways to communication with you guys? Big time right now is the social media. Okay. So we're pretty engaged sure. with, uh, with Instagram and with Facebook. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel. And then the Twitter just sits on the side, but mm-hmm. um, people can f- really follow along. We try to keep up with videos and photos of what's happening at the moment. So whether it be the potlucks or a farmer's market, yeah. uh, we got some pretty good traction with people staying tuned in. And, you know, the algorithms with those social media sites, once you're in, you'll be able to stay in the loop. So if yeah. you really are interested in what's happening sure. with local food or local activities, Start following, start liking those things. It'll it'll show up, and you at least stay engaged in the loop. Yeah. Going, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I can make it out there for that yeah. that event. For sure. Yeah. And then the donations, we uh, we do our annual appeal at the end of the year, but at any time, people can go online at, at growbenzie.org and become a member. The membership uh, opportunities start at a dollar. Oh, wow. So if you just and this way, it can be affordable for everybody, and that shows your participation as part of this community. Uh, building momentum for um, supporting other people. So if you throw a hundred bucks in the pot, that's going to help offset somebody who can only afford ten bucks. Yeah. And we have a stuff library. So if you remember, you get to come in and borrow the bread maker, or borrow the, oh, wow. the rototiller if you need. Cool. Uh, we have a year-end harvest celebration that'll be at the end of this month, and then we also send you updates about events that we have, like the bio in the barn. Nice. Well, yeah, and we'll put the information in the show notes and uh, mention it in the. The intro too, so people won't have an excuse not to be able to get a hold of you. Yeah, well, I appreciate yeah. the time, guys. It's, yeah, yeah, thanks for coming. About as chill as I, it sounded when I listened to the other ones. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, real what? professional. Yeah. Uh, no, um, I was thinking, you know, I mean, just because we were talking about right at the beginning, um, all the stuff you've done, would you be interested in coming back and talking about? Your travels sure. and uh, that kind of stuff, you know, you can. I want to hear about living in the future. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell me about the future, the future man. The music of the Josh, past. tell me about the future, man. Yeah. You got to tell me. We yeah. took a, we, we, Is that how you got the, the fellowship of the future? You're like, well, I've been there. I spent two years there. <laughs> yeah. I'm your man. I have all the answers. I have all the answers. I'll tell you what, when we drove to Pine Knob, we just drove right to the back with the limousines. Oh, <laughs> just, we give them a wave and drive right by. Yeah, you feel like, yep, exactly. Yeah, that guy belongs there. Of course, then the circus rolls out. We got couches we put outside. Nice, uh, <laughs> staying on the roof. And, yeah, nice. Well, we, yeah, we'll have to schedule that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, you, you sound like you're pretty busy. You got involved in quite a bit of stuff, but we'll figure out a date. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks so much for coming by. Yeah. All right. Thanks, thanks, nice to meet you. Thanks, nice Mike. You, See you, Travis. You know where to find me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Townsendale. Well, actually, I'm closer to Carlin. Travis and I don't live too far from each other. Yeah, I'm right on my Carlin. Right on, yeah. Or a Barefoot concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah Barefoot, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wintertime, don't Netflix too much. Yeah, no, exactly. Right? Stay in the loop. I don't yeah. know, it's Portlandia on Netflix? Cause it, is. Be... it is. It is. It is. short, so you can. Yeah. Hey, see you guys. All right, see you. I can't believe you've never seen Portlandia. No? Nope. Yeah, that seems just like man, right in my alley. It doesn't seem like so it's, it's like should have happened. I don't know. It's I just thought, ripping I, on hipsters from Portland. Oh my god. That's yeah. literally I need to watch that. It sounds just, like my new favorite show. I it's thought, just skits. quite frankly, I thought you and Travis were better friends than this, because if you haven't watched it, then you know maybe you're not quite as close as I thought. Oh yeah. I that show's hilarious. How many seasons are it's there? It's uh, a lot. Really? Like, oh yeah. Seven? What's it Fred Nine? Armisen? Yeah, Fred yeah. Armisen. Yeah, Fred yeah. Armisen and uh What's that actress's name? Uh, was she on Saturday Night Live too? 
Yeah. She was? Yeah. Fred Armisen does that other one, um, Documentary Now. Oh, yeah. With Bill Hader. It's a series that just remakes documentaries from the classic I, Documentary no, I Now. As, I don't, maybe I should give it another chance. I watched a, f- a little while of one and I couldn't do it. I, well, right now, I'm maybe because Mandy was watching also. Yeah, made a certain bar, and but I, even I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And I have found that you have to, if you've seen the documentaries, they're doing a spoof on first. It makes it ten times funnier. Oh, yeah, was, that makes sense. Because then you have a reference. Then you have a reference. Yeah, that's I probably mean, what the problem was. I don't know which one I was watching, but I bet. I yeah, because like the first couple, I I hadn't seen the documentary. Don't get me wrong; they were hilarious. But then one came up. I think the one they based off. Euro Dreams of Sushi. Oh, really? Yeah, but I it was about that. a, I South, love that. It was about a right. South American restaurant. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one and the other one, The Staircase. The stair- yeah, The Staircase. Okay. It's proof that one. It was hilarious. It was, it was funny. We, um, when Shelby was living with us one night, we were like, hey, we don't watch something or whatever. We don't know. And um, I have, I went and saw Geo Dreams of Sushi at the state. And I was like, all right, you know, whatever, I'll check it out. It's amazing. I don't know what it is about that documentary. It just holds my attention. And uh, we, we were like, oh, we'll watch this. And I think the kids, I showed the kids, and they thought it was pretty cool. And Shelby was like, really? We're going to watch a freaking documentary about sushi? And I'm like, I just don't give it a chance. Yeah. Dude, 10, 15 minutes in, she actually put her phone down and watched <laughs> the whole thing. I was like, I told you. It's really interesting just to see, you know, the amount of dedication this one guy his entire life has been about yeah. perfecting oh, this craft. Oh, is it the guy, yeah, in Japan? Who, yeah. Yes, yes. It's, the, it's like the best sushi restaurant in the world. Only seats 10. It, the meal starts at like 300 bucks a person, but you get like 20 courses. Now, a course is a piece of sushi, but hey, 20 pieces of sushi, I'll fill you up. Yeah. And, uh, Speaking of which, we're getting pizza for lunch today, aren't we? That's correct. Jay Colts is providing pizza. So, pretty much the same thing? Yeah, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Centuries old craft, and well, pizza's centuries old craft too. Yeah, is it? I don't know where he's getting it from, but it's probably not Lombardi's in New York. You never know, Paul. Whatever. It's that. probably Roman, Little Caesars. Yeah, that's Roman. <laughs> not owned by they Polish named guy it after from Indiana. Caesar. <laughs> uh. Polish guy from Indiana. I don't know. I'm making that up. I just tried no, to think of the Little Caesars opposite. is owned by the guy in Detroit. Is it? Yeah. Little Caesars Arena. Mm-hmm. Polish guy? Mm-hmm. If I was him, I'd have called it Big Caesars Arena. Yeah, right? Why is it Little Caesars? That's a good question. Why well, would you... Because Big Caesar was the actual guy in Rome. Well, he's not, he's he's not around to sue. I feel like he just stepped into a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called Little, Little Caesars? <laughs> Why isn't season normal sized? <laughs> I'm just waiting. Why is he little? I'm just waiting for Dan Ellis to bust in the door like Kramer. <laughs> just give a disapproving shake of his head and walk out. <laughs> oh man, Dan Ellis is the wacky neighbor. <gasps> yeah, that's your sitcom life, Mike. Yeah. What are you guys doing with the podcast again? Yeah. Get out there, get to work. Whatever. What was this? Yeah. yeah, this thing. Giddy up. Giddy up. Giddy up. That's what it was. I thought that was Quagmire, but it's it's Kramer, isn't it? Yeah, Kramer said giddy up. He's, uh, there's a, a few true. classic scenes that he said giddy up. That's right. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was Quagmire. Oh, giggity is Quagmire. Yeah. That's yeah. why. Family Guy? No? Oh. 
You haven't seen Family Guy? I've seen it. But Sorry I'm for not Pacino. A, oh. I'm not... I, I like Family Guy, but not nearly as much as other... Mm-hmm. Yeah, other juvenile shows that. that I like. <laughs> juvenile shows. The only time I, fe- I thought that Family Guy got cl- close to the line was they did a thing... Um, says something about the, the John McCain experience at some amusement park. And it was... <laughs> it was being trapped in a bamboo cage, getting poked. I was like, wow. I'm like, I am one of the least offendable people on the planet. And I'm like, ooh. That's a little much. Even for me. And I, you know, I love insult comedy. I'll rag on anything. I don't get offended. But that, I'm like, holy cow. And I didn't even vote for the guy. But I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. A little much. Yeah.